Hello and welcome to All of the Above. I'm James Brown. Thanks for joining me. You can check out my work at jamesbrowntv.substack.com and just about anywhere online at James Brown TV. And of course, like, share, and subscribe. It helps the show. This episode is about love or chasing love. A definition of love that has stayed with me comes from one of my favorite movies, Meet Joe Black. If you haven't heard of it, it's about a rich man played by Anthony Hopkins who's about to die. He makes a bargain with death himself, played by Brad Pitt. Death takes a holiday and falls in love with Anthony Hopkins' daughter. In a helicopter, Hopkins says, Love is passion, obsession, someone you can't live without. I say, fall head over heels. Find someone you can love like crazy who will love you back the same way. How do you find him? Well, you forget your head and you listen to your heart. And I'm not hearing any heart. Because the truth is, honey, there's no sense in living your life without this. To make the journey and not fall deeply in love. Well, you haven't lived life at all. But you have to try. Because if you haven't tried, you haven't lived. Today's guest, Koi Materi, spends her days helping people live out that last part. You know, the trying. She's a matchmaker for the Koi Lynn Agency. Koi Materi, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm okay. You know, it's been an interesting time life-wise, but that's for a different show. (laughs) (laughs) That's another topic. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm I'm planning to do a show on on my life right now. It is a bit hectic and odd, and you know, it's just a matter of should I just come out on and vomit about it, or or should I should I bring in like an expert or, or a guest of some sort to help me sort of like understand this sort of transition I'm in? So, um, but how would you describe what you do? Corey? So I think the best way to describe it is a little bit of Cupid with a little bit of coaching. So everybody, I've been doing matchmaking now for four years, director of business development at the Global Love Institute. So I help people get certified to become matchmakers. And I also um, sometimes I'm a part-time instructor in the matchmaking to get them up and running and get their business going. Um, for me, some it's just it's out there meeting new people, having conversations with them. No day is ever the same. I'm going to start working with a woman here in in New York City. Um, there's another woman that I'm going to be working with in Chicago, and she just wants an accountability partner with dating and getting back out there. So everybody's a, a little bit different. Everybody's finish line is different. Um, so my my goal is I want people to become better daters. I want them to to reach their goal, and it's a learning process along the way. And sometimes it's, just, it's it's no different from hiring a personal trainer. You have a goal that you want to get to at a certain weight, and it's that accountability partner. I'm shoulder to shoulder walking them through their goals. Hmm. There's a bunch there. I, I, I'd like to pull apart. Yeah. The Love uh, Institute? Global Love Global Institute. Love Institute. Yeah. Is it like Roadhouse? Do you like uh, sit around with other matchmakers and talk about matchmaking? Well, that's our masterminds, but for this, it's it's getting people up and certified and becoming either matchmakers or dating coaches. So people come to us to either start their business or to, you know, this could be I'm in love with love or I'm looking for a side gig or I'm looking for a fulfilling career that I can do whatever I want to. So is it anyone, can anyone try it? 
Are you looking for specific types of people to do that kind of role? No. So um, for me, it, I always, my, so my journey began, um, I always being single on and off for years. I've always thought people made dating really difficult and it didn't need to be difficult. And it's just amazing if you can have an open, honest conversation, if you can be vulnerable with somebody. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. So I started out to, I was like, I want to be a dating coach. So I started to look into it a little bit more. Um, and that's where I found the the Institute. And they were actually having a global love conference in New York City. So um, we had one back in March. It's a hundred match, over a hundred matchmakers from around the world came into New York City. And through this, um, it's a 12-week experience, um, a 12-week, you know, modules. It's all self-paced, go at your own rate. Um, we have a homework assignment, and then we have a weekly Zoom call. So we teach you two things, how to start a business, but how to start a matchmaking business. And people, it's it's interesting. Everybody has a little bit of a different niche. Some people work only with men. Some people only work with women. Some people do, you know, focus on Jewish matchmaking. I have a colleague who focuses on dating after divorce. Everybody's niche and their business is a little bit different, but it, that's what makes them them. So we have international matchmakers and through the Institute, it's that continuing education, it's that collaboration. And we go through, we meet um, annually and we, we're constantly working. So you might call a matchmaker and that person might not be the fit for you, but they can refer you over to a matchmaker that is the right fit. Is the draw similar? You know, you said you had, you were unlucky with love. You were trying to understand it. And you wanted to, yeah, with, with, when I took the coaching, it's definitely me made me getting the certification in the science-based coaching has definitely made me a better dater. It's tough. You'll see some of us, some matchmakers are single. Um, some of us have been in long-term committed relationships and some of us have been married for 20 something years, but you see the red flags a lot sooner. You are definitely more open. I think the the matchmakers, people that are or matchmakers that are single, or even myself, ethnicity doesn't bother us. Age doesn't bother us. It's about finding that true partner. And that's what I see with a lot of my clients as well. It's they want that true partnership. Some want to get married. Some just want to be in a long-term relationship. So the finish line is different from everyone. So there's no common thread in the matchmakers themselves. They're They're all over the board. We're all different. Some of us, yeah. I mean, our niches are different. I know a matchmaker who is a member of the LGBTQ community and a person of color, and that's who she focuses on. There's Jewish matchmaking, there's young Christians. Everybody has their own little niche. So in order to build a business or just about any business, a niche is important. That's what most of us think. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can focus, I mean, you have the Patty Sangers of the world that deal with millionaires, that do the millionaire matchmaking. There's, everybody's a little bit different, but that's the own flavors and spice that you get to put on your own business because that's what you can relate to. Just hypothetically, let's say I, am, I I become a matchmaker. So perhaps other other black men, because I, I can relate to them. I know some of their pitfalls. I know how they, they exist. Perhaps that could be a niche for me, perhaps. Absolutely. So you would work with, with men of color. Okay. All right. Very Absolutely. interesting. Yep. You have a long history in corporate sales. Did that help you? Oh, absolutely. It's because, you know, I'm out here as a matchmaker, you're recruiting, you're selling yourself, you're selling your business, you're selling your clients. Most importantly, you're selling your clients. So it's about that being out there and recruiting because I'm, you know, I'm not out there knocking on, you know, doors, but I'm out there recruiting people. I'm in sales. At the end of the day, I'm a salesperson. I'm a businesswoman. So my head is constantly spinning. I'm looking for singles. I'm looking for individuals. 
So I might see somebody out there that physically looks like what my client wants and I'll have a conversation with him or her. Wow. So you're out there, you're, you're hustling. Yep. And as a solopreneur, my success is based on me. And I would imagine a, a, a just sort of an inner drive as well. Oh yeah. I'm competitive, competitive with myself. Absolutely. Are you also competitive There's with a, you can talk, talk to any salesperson? We don't like losing. We are constantly, we're goal oriented people. I'm a to-do list person. I like checking things off. Absolutely. Are you competitive competitive with other matchmakers? No, I like to see us all win. I probably talk to the same five to seven matchmakers on a daily basis. We will call each other and go through and have conversations because we're partnering together to find matches. So I might have a match. Um, I might have a client and I'll call another matchmaker and say, hey, this is, you know, this is Bob. And I'm looking to set Bob up with somebody who's 35 to 45, never been married, no kids. He travels the world. This is what he's looking for. Do you have anybody? Wow. Because those are already vetted singles. Yeah. So there's a whole referral process. And we, we have those conversations because the end of the day, this is, I will say this is the most collaborative industry I've ever been in. The end of the day, I want to see my colleagues, my friends win as well. And it's, I might not be the right fit for, for someone. Um, I got a referral from a matchmaker the other day and I had a conversation with the client. So it's just, it's at the end of the day, we're solution oriented people. People have, I don't want to say it's a problem, but people have a goal of wanting to find a relationship. So I'm going to put them in a relationship where I'm going to find the matchmaker that works best for them. Well, let's zoom in a bit. What is your niche? Um, so I focus on people here on the uh, East Coast. What are the common issues you I run into? I think men and women. Um, what do you mean common issues? Meaning? I don't think anybody has an issue with being single. Well, fair. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah. Well, okay, so. I think that what I see, oh, go ahead. Well, I, just for example. Okay, so you're you're single. And, I, I, and I, if you're at the point where you talk to a matchmaker, you're you're like, okay, you want to, obviously you want to find someone. That's what everybody, everybody, uh, th they're determined to meet someone at that point. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering if there are common, if, if there are other common, whether it's behaviors, uh, career choices, um, um, I'm trying to understand more the client Who's the ideal candidate? Yeah. Yeah. The ideal client. Um, so it's it's a variety. The people who are too focused on jobs. Like, think about it. When we were younger, what did our parents always say to us? You're gonna go to college, you're gonna get a good job, you know, focus on your studies, focus on getting a career, then you can turn around and get married. I'm meeting individuals who are 35, 45 that have never been in a serious committed relationship because they put their their career first, they put their their education first. Um, sometimes people just, you know, I have someone who, um, married her, her husband at, at 29 and ended up divorced, um, in her late thirties. And she's like, I haven't dated in, you know, 10, 15 years. What do I do? How do I do this? Um, and some people are just frustrated. Some people are over the dating apps. We're over the, the swiping and, and all of that. And they just need some guidance. And sometimes people are just like, I don't have the time and I don't want to deal with the BS. So let me hire someone who can do it. So let's zoom in even further. So you found this, this person, they're over the BS. They want to learn some skills. Maybe they're tired of swiping. 
what do you, what what do they do next? So um, what I do is I have people go to my website, which is matchmakingct.com. They fill out a profile and they schedule some time for us to talk. That first initial conversation can be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. I tell them about the process. I learn a little bit more about them, what they're looking for in a partner, and if it's an opportunity for us to work together. My big thing is, is I'm not going to sell somebody services that they don't need. Maybe they are just, maybe they're in their, their mid-20s, early 30s. They're not quite ready to get married and have kids. I'm not going to go and sell them matchmaking because that's a larger, you know, it, it, that's more, more money. But I have coaching. I have um, a professional online takeover. So we would manage their dating app, their profile for them, help them create it. Um, I even have kind of just like a consultation that, hey, we can talk an hour a week and you can ask me whatever questions you have. Um, at that point, if they do decide, you know, we would have a, um, a what I call an intake call, which is anywhere from usually 90 to 120 minutes. I'm asking them questions about themselves, their personal, where they went to school, their family, are their parents still together? What was their dynamic, their siblings? What do they want out of a partnership? Um, you know, what, is, what are their dating expectations, sexually, financially, gender roles? How do they want to raise their kids? Um, what are their key values? So we go over this really, you know, long, intense, but it's a conversation. It's not like an interview or anything like this. It helps me understand them a little bit better. Um, and then at that point, if they become a matchmaker, what I'm doing is I'm putting, we're doing a photo shoot. There's a makeup artist included for women because I want good photos that shows them, that shows their personality, that it's not something that's 10 years old. So there's headshots, there's, you know, full body shots. I'm there during that process. Um, and then for my matchmaking clients, it's mandatory for them to do a couple coaching sessions ahead of time. So we're going to identify those key values. We're going to go through those past relationship patterns. There are always patterns. It doesn't matter. There's always patterns. So we're going to determine that and help them understand themselves. But then we're going to go over their preferences, their deal breakers, things of that nature. Um, so I'm their accountability partner, but at the same time, I want them to understand more about them and what they're looking for. Yes, you are, you know, you're a female, you're 5'10", and is it really important for you to date somebody who's six foot or taller? Or is it just really you want somebody who's going to be home every night that is going to help you in the house or you're very career minded or you want to be a stay at home mom? So we're going to have those conversations. Um, and then over time, too, your values change as you're dating other people, as you get older. So what you thought your values were 10, 15 years ago might be something completely different. So I make it mandatory that you have to have the, those coaching sessions ahead of time because it helps me really understand and it helps me find that individual as well that they're looking for. And then when it comes time to actually go out on um, dates, I do things a little bit differently. I'm very big on privacy, security, and safety. So my clients, what ends up happening is um, they only know the first name of the person they're going out with and same with, the, with their match. So what they're doing, what I'm doing is I'm putting the reservation in my name. So it's going to be under Corey Martiri, you know, dinner for two. You're going to ABC restaurant the day of or I'm sorry, the day before I confirm the day of my clients tell me what they're wearing. They go out. They have a good time. That's it. They are not exchanging contact information. They're not exchanging phone numbers. They're not going to schedule another date. It is a pure blind date. They're going out. As I said, they only know each other's first name. I'm doing background checks. I'm betting these clients ahead of time to make sure that they're really what they're that they're interested in, that they're relationship-minded individuals. Now, so I had a client go out on a date on, on Friday. 
They're getting the, the debris form on Monday. My big thing is how many times have you and I gone out on a date, women especially, we're in heels, we're dressed up, we got our makeup on, we're feeling good, we haven't been out on a date in months, we're having a great time, you have a couple glasses of wine, yeah, let's do this again, this and that. But then the next day you're doing the Monday morning quarterback where well, this person said this, or this might be a red flag, or this isn't what I'm looking for. And now you've already gone through and agreed to have a date or whatever it may be. So I want them to kind of marinate on, on that. I want them to figure out if this is something, you know, is this individual somebody that I really like? Um, and then I go through and I have them fill out a dating debris form, which is maybe 10 questions. And it's overall, tell me about the, the venue. Could you talk? Did you do an activity? Did you feel like you could be yourself in, in the activity? Um, someone like myself, I don't want to do an activity because I'm competitive and I might get a little feisty during it. And that person might not be competitive, but I want, and, and so I like to put people on dates too, that are, if they're more introverted, because, you know, it, it can be that awkward silence and all that. But if you're doing an activity, you can kind of be yourself a little bit more. Um, and then I asked too, how did you feel going into the date? Were you optimistic? Were you stuck in traffic? Did you, was your train delayed? Did you lose a big client that, you know, that day? Because sometimes we come in hot to these dates and we don't even realize it. And then like you kind of settle down like 30 minutes in and, you know, so, um, but then I asked, what did they, what did you talk about? Were that, was that person on their phone? Did they talk about their ex? Were they rude to the staff? Whatever it may be. So let's ask these questions. Um, so it really gives me kind of an idea of the conversation. I understand a little bit more about, um, you know, the person they went out on the date with. But what I also do is I ask the person they went out on the date. So if there's Bob and there's Jane, I go and, you know, Bob's my client. I go back to Jane and get all that detail. But then I relay that information to Bob and vice versa. Because here's the thing. People are going to continue going out on dates. They might be on dating apps. They might be working with a matchmaker. I want them to be better prepared when they're not working with me. So when they're going out on their next date, things of that nature, this is a learning experience because you're invest. This is an investment on yourself, and you're if you're investing on yourself in, within yourself, I want you to learn from it. I want you to take things away. I want every. My goal is to have everybody be a better dater. So I'll share that information with them, and then we have three options. One, they like each other and they want to go out and they want to you know exchange contact information with their permission. I go through and we'll exchange contact information to both. Maybe you know what I like this individual. I'm not ready to exchange contact information. How about we schedule a second date? So I schedule that second date just like the first date where the reservations in my name, they go out, they don't exchange contact information. And then third, maybe there's no chemistry, but they don't like each other. They, you know, red flag or whatever it may be. Not a big deal. I do the breakup for them and they split. So there's no contact information. So um, it, it's nice that you don't have to worry about it. I mean, women sometimes... You know, we've seen it where you go through and you're just like, nope, I'm moving along. And then they reach out to you again or they're, you know, mean or combative or something. So, again, it's about that safety. It's about that security and that privacy. And my clients like it. And that's one of the reasons why people choose to work with me. I want to pick apart a few of the things you you brought up. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a pure blind date. Why a pure yeah. blind date? Because we get in our own heads over things. Such as? We are stuck on, it's, we're stuck on height. We're stuck on, we don't, because when you look at somebody, you don't see their key values. I want somebody who, maybe I'm very religious, maybe family, I'm very family oriented. I might look at somebody and say, I don't know if they want to have children. I don't know what they do for a career. Maybe I don't like somebody who has a man bun. 
Those are things that are, you can, they're surface level. You can get over that. Height isn't going to pay your mortgage. Height isn't going to raise your children. So let's remove that because you're here for me for, you're here to work with me for a reason. So I want to get you out of that. I don't, I honestly, I don't talk to people about their height. I don't talk to them about how much money they make. These are the items. Because remember, we've gone through and we've done that coaching. So we've identified your five key values. We've identified your preferences. You mentioned both key values and family. Are those intertwined? So, so yeah. So some of the, some of the um, examples of key values could be your career, finances, could be health, either mental health, could be physical health. Um, you're going to have family oriented, religion, politics, we're seeing social justice. So those are some of the, the key ones that, that science has proved. And we like people who like us. So for me, I'm 44 years old. My son is 22. I don't want to have any more children. So I'm not going to go out and date somebody who wants to get married and have children. That makes no sense. I'm never going to have them. Why am I going to waste my time and that person's time? So Keith, you know, those, the family orient is going to be in the bottom. If they have children, that's great. That's fine. But if they want to have more, I'm not that person. Why am I going to go and waste my time and that person's time? Does that make sense? It does. And I, I just. So what also happens when you've identified these key values, we're now going to sit, we're going to talk. What questions are you going to ask to bring those out so you can understand Yes, as a matchmaker, I'm doing that, that first little vetting that, yes, you want to have a family, you want to have children. But as you start dating, when do we bring these things up? What's going on? The idea of a first date is not to be the idea of the first date. You want a second date. That's the goal. But you don't want to have an interview process. What's your five year plan? What's this and that? I haven't even decided what I want to eat for dinner. And you're asking me what my five year plan is. I got gotcha. you. You're quiet. <laughs> I I'm curious about a, a number of things there. So yeah. the uh, let's get to the family thing, because you mentioned wanting a family history. From your perspective, what does your family history say about how you date or what you look in a date? If your parents are still together, you've seen a happy, healthy relationship. It could be happy. It could be bad. So this is what, you know, we need to understand is, you know, was one parent absent? Were you raised with one parent? Um, tell me about your family. Are you close? Do you have 30 cousins? Do you get together every year at Christmas time? So this helps me when me asking those questions and asking how you were brought up helps me understand your family dynamic and helps me understand if, if family is important. A lot of the times when I'm talking and doing this intake, I already know what my client's key values are before they do. Mm. So I have a series of questions that they go through. So it helps me understand. So you'll be amazed. It's it's kind of, it's very, I've noticed it's important for people that they really like that their parents are still together, their potential date. Because if they've had a health, happy, healthy childhood and you know family dynamic, it's good. Because you got to remember when you marry people or date people, you're, their drama kind of becomes your drama a little bit. For sure. I. Yeah. So. All right. So if uh, if you haven't seen a, a, a happy family, is it extra work? Is it extra coaching? Um, or is it just wherever the person is? You just, just kind of, you know, you're a little bit more aware and just, you know, let's get out of our way. And, you know, you, sometimes, too, it's just changing people's mindsets on things. 
and it's kind of guiding them and, you know, all right, let's think about this. Let's think a little bit differently. You're, you're asking questions to kind of drill in a little bit more with them. Um, you know, the height thing tends to be a really big one with, you know, women. So like my grandparents were married 50 years and four days. My grandmother was probably four inches taller than my grandfather. So it was always kind of like that. That to me doesn't bother me. It, what ends up happening, science shows that for some folks that are, you know, they're not comfortable, they're not confident. So if you're a confident individual, you're going to be confident with the fact that your your partner's shorter than you, that it's not going to bother you as a female. A lot of times what that is, is that they're not comfortable with themselves. You're going to hear, um, you know, it's the safety, it's the security. I want somebody who's bigger than me that's going to make me feel, you know, safe. But let's define that further. What is safe? Do you want to be protected? Do you want somebody who's home every night? Do you want somebody who's financially can take care of you? Things of that nature. So you have to drill down. You have to break it in, break it, you know, really get to the root of it and what it is. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It also speaks to another thing I wanted to pull out that you mentioned a couple times, which was patterns. It seems like height, for example, for someone could be a pattern. You may want that height. That may be a, a, uh, uh, you know, like a, I'll give you an example from my life. I, uh, a girl I went out with a couple times, I'm just under six foot tall, right? She is just under six foot tall. And she, uh, she would, she repeatedly made, um, not jokes, but kind of like she made a statement that she was making an exception for me because I was not quite six foot tall and that, that six foot it, it as her for her. Uh, one of her patterns was, Hey, I must be with someone who was at least a bit taller than me. That's one example. Or uh, um, uh, another example I've heard of is sort of like you're, you're wanting, whether it's, whether it's a, a, a physical thing or, or a, a money thing. Um, uh, in, in that, you know, and even I think of a lot of my relationships, I've sort of seen patterns myself and the type of people who I've dated. Is that inherent? Is that a, 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 a is, is there always a pattern? And when must we break those the pattern? Patterns. Those aren't patterns? Those are more, yeah, those are, those are more preferences. That That's your preference. Okay. So your patterns are going to be, let's talk about how, you know, where did you meet this individual? Who asked who out? How good was it? So we're going to go through, um, I should actually, I could even like find the document, okay. but a lot of times what ends up happening is, and I've done my own pattern. And what was happening is that I was just finding myself in these relationships. I didn't choose this individual or it was, um, I had a client one time that she was the one constantly asking out that they weren't available, that there were certain things. So it's, you know, we're picking these individuals who, who aren't really interested in us. So the height financial, that might be preference. That's not a pattern. I would have asked, you know, the person that you went on a date with, why are you making an exception? Why does it being over six foot tall? Like I'm five, eight, I date five, six, five, seven, five, eight. I wear three to five inch heels. So doesn't bother me. doesn't bother him. So it's, it's that confidence that you feel, I feel confident in my relationship with the individual that I'm dating. It, it's why, it's why she, in this case, was making the, this choice over and over and over again. 
is what you're interested mm-hmm. in. So, yeah, and I want, yeah, and why did she continue to go out with you? There were some other reasons that she liked you and chose to continue to go out with you, and it wasn't because of your height. But the front the frontline thing, at least in her head, was the height, but it's really something else. Correct. So is it, does she not feel confident with herself? Does she not feel, you know, curvier women tend to date guys that are a little bit bigger because there's, a, you know, they don't want to break them. They want, it's how they feel and how as a couple it makes them feel. But if you look at Kevin Hart and his wife, there's a huge height difference. Doesn't bother them. They're both confident. They're both happy. Well, they had their issues, but so there's others. So you have to dig down into why. So when you're doing those relationship patterns, I'm asking, it's probably about seven or eight. Like, how did you meet this individual? Um, how did you find yourself in a relationship? Um, you know, my, the goal is we're so worried about other people liking us that we're not worried if we like them. Hmm. And that's something that we need to focus on. Do we like them? Don't worry about if they, if they like us or not, but are we choosing an individual on who we want based on our values, based on our preferences and our deal breakers? Let's drill down here so we're so worried about whether we're liked that we're overlooking whether we like them yeah i'm wondering if that tie it ties with because you've also mentioned several times confidence are those bad fellows i mean they can yeah i mean they i I think it definitely kind of goes together it's let me give you an example so you know you could be dating somebody I'm I'm trying to think of a, a of a good example here, but you know, you see women or you see somebody who's constantly going through having, you know, will you go out with me? When am I seeing you? What's happening? Maybe this person is not, you know, the day of the date, you don't hear from them or there's some kind of excuse or, you know, oh, I have to reschedule and I can't see you this week. They're not consistently seeing you. But like, you know, that individual could be so worried and was like, well, you know, does, does he like me or, you know, am I saying this or you're rereading the text and all of this, but you're not, you know, you kind of have to be like an outsider looking in sometimes with your relationships. And, um, you know, I'm the one that's constantly asking. So that means they're not interested in me or I only hear from them at one o'clock in the morning when the bar's closing, you know, have they, you know, we've been dating six months. I'm not on social media or I'm not on um, I haven't met friends or family or anything like that. You know, so those are the things that you kind of have to sit and, you know, and, and sometimes it's a pulse check too. Um, and you know, you have some individuals that you're going to, when you're dating, that you're going to come right out. What are you looking for? Um, you know, women have been trained to say, and I've been having a lot of conversations with men about this. A lot of men are like, well, I'm looking for a friend. And I said, women, are trained and now know the first thing you say, this is what they're going to take you up on. So if you're telling me you just want a friend, that means you just want to have sex. You want friends with benefits or you're not, you really don't want to date. So when I'm talking to them and I was like, what is it? Well, yeah, I ultimately want to get married and have children. So then say that it's okay to say, yes, I ultimately want to be in a relationship. Women don't expect to be in a relationship on the date and the third date, but it's okay to ask for what you want. It's okay to communicate those things. So as, you know, I go through, and this is why I also talk about, you know, dating multiple people at one time, because if you're dating one individual, you know, you're just kind of honing in on that. You're not really paying attention. We're caught up with emotions, the dopamine, all of this. We're so excited. 
And this again goes back to why that first date, I tell my clients, do not schedule a second date because I want you to think for those 48 to 72 hours till you get that dating debris form, did this person answer the questions on, you know, what I like and can I, was I comfortable with myself? Did I like this individual? Do they want the same things? Um, you know, I'm somebody who works a, a nine to five job and sometimes I work evenings and weekends. I'm not going to date a chef who's always, you know, working evenings and weekends, The you know, or even like a doctor or, you know, somebody who works overnights. It's not going to be a good fit. I'm not going to see that individual. So these are the things that you kind of have to think of and start paying attention. But, you know, and I think chemistry is another big thing that we hear of all the time is there's no chemistry. This isn't Hollywood. There's not going to be rainbows and sunshines and, you know, and, and explosions when you see individuals. It's chemistry is going to build over time. And as you get to know someone, and again, this is about finding people out and understanding them and their goals and what they're looking for. Seems very, seems very mathematical. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's kind of like you, you, I, so I came from sales and, you know, you have to make 10 cold calls to get one live person. Then you got to talk to 10 live people to get one, you know, one meeting. And sometimes, you know, you're having, making a hundred cold, you know, a hundred calls a day. Sometimes, yeah, it is. Sometimes it's a dating game. They're not going to show up at your front door. So you have to go through and you have to put in, you know, put it in the work and you have to to do these things and, and make goals. And that's why people hire me and other matchmakers and dating coach. I tell my people, get a dating board of directors. That's your accountability partner. So as we're going through and we're doing these tasks, you're going to tell people you're going to, here's my list. You know, I'm going to share my list with you. What do you think? I want you to work, you know, I want your person, your dating board of directors. And I'm usually one of them. I always say kind of like three people, pick three people. And that way they can kind of veto you or, or do it. But it's just having those conversations. Or if you're getting in your head, you're picking your best friend, you're picking somebody who wants to see the best for you. So you're having those conversations with that individual because I'm like, do you really need somebody who's six foot tall? Or do you want somebody who's going to, you know, who's going to look out for your, your general interests and want you happy? So you're having those conversations and people are keeping you in line. Again, it's just like having a dietitian. It's just like having a, you know, a physical trainer, having a business coach. Here's my goal. This is what I'm doing to work towards my goal. On that board of directors, in this case, there'd be a matchmaker. Or would you suggest friends? Would you suggest family? Yeah, friends, family, whoever want you know, a coworker, somebody who knows you, who wants to see the best for you. The person that, all right, I'm going out on a date with John. This is where I'm going. Here's contact information. This is where we'll be. Check in afterwards. I'm good. The next day, how did it go? Have conversations. Somebody that I want you to be honest and transparent with. If you're not honest and transparent, it's not going to work especially when it comes to your boarding date of directors. Speaking of transparency, something that you mentioned earlier was sort of helping someone shape their online image, essentially. Yeah. Um, part of me thinks that's putting a thumb on the scale. And part of me knows that, that uh, people I've dated uh, look through like they uh, they study at least the type of women women I, I tend to date. Um, they study those photos. They study those those profiles. They study the your social media networks. Um, um, 
I don't know if that's everyone, but that's at least them. Uh, how, wh- why, why must you reshape how someone looks online? And how do you feel? Do you think that's putting the thumb on the scale at all? I wouldn't say it's reshaping how they look online. It's making sure they have a profile that sticks out. So there's nothing worse than the first picture you see is five to seven people. And I got to figure out which one's you. So that first picture needs to be a headshot, needs to be just your face. The second one, full body. But if you're filling out prompts, like the great thing about Hinge, it's, what is it? Six pictures and three prompts. How many people don't fill those prompts out properly? People don't view, don't edit their photo. They don't look at their, you know, they don't preview their their profile. There's misspellings. They're not asking anything. All we're doing, it's like a resume. This is your resume and you get a few prompts and you get a few pictures. So we're putting the best foot forward. So we want to make sure. And like, and if it's dull and boring and you can't, you know, if you're going through a profile, especially with men, you don't answer anything. You're not serious about dating. You only have your radius set at 15, 20 miles. No. So let's sit down. Let's figure out. And we're going to sit down and based on what you're looking for in your location and what's going on, we're going to pick the right dating apps for you. So we're going to help you pick out the pictures. We're going to create a kick-ass profile for you. You're going to agree to that. And then we do the swiping for you. So we're not, you're not out there, you know, putting your foot in your mouth or anything like that. Again, we're vetting these people. This is somebody that you're interested. We want a catchy, you know, introduction. Thanks for listening to All of the Above. Help me grow the program by liking, sharing, and subscribing. And of course, tell a friend. You can follow my work at jamesbrowntv.substack.com. Let me know what you think. Send me an email at jamesbrowntv at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 585-484-0339. We might have you on the show. I'm James Brown, and as always, be well.